the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Upwards of a half a million people have signed an online petition calling on Netflix to remove this movie Cuties from their uh, streaming service that they posted. Did you see the trailer? It's so disgusting. They um, uh, also are the subject of congressional interest uh, from the likes of Tulsi Gabbard, among others, suggesting that uh, it's inappropriate to some calling for the Department of Justice to investigate the filmmakers. Well, it's a pedophile's dream. I mean, really, it's absolutely... Have you seen it? No, I saw a trailer and I thought it was disgusting. The uh, sexual objectivity of young girls like that, prepubescent, and it's just... I not, have. I don't. Not, it's not going to air in my house. I can tell you that. I haven't seen it, and I'm not keen to. I did talk to uh, Brendan O'Neill uh, last evening on my syndicated show about it, and he yeah. has seen it. Uh, Brendan O'Neill, who's the editor in chief of Spiked Online, and uh, his description of it was that it was morally ambiguous, and that was the problem, particularly the adults' conduct in the movie. Uh, that that the one hand, the director suggests that he's trying to make a statement about the sexualization of, of children. children. But on the other hand, uh, the takeaway from Brendan O'Neill, who's a pretty sophisticated guy, is that it just doesn't accomplish what he says he was trying to accomplish because of the moral ambiguity of the behavior of adults with respect to the sexualization of the kids in the film. But look, this is uh, a long-running effort by the left to mainstream pedophilia and you you don't have to believe me you just have to go back and read op-eds in salon.com from six years ago from eight years ago i'm a pedophile but i'm not a monster do you remember that one Mm -hmm. we discussed it on this show oh yeah we read excerpts of it yep so um this is just the latest iteration of it and it's very confusing in these times because on the one hand you have the me too movement And you're talking about uh, women of age who are suggested to not have agency because of the imbalance in a power relationship, a Hollywood producer and an aspiring actress, for example. They're not to have agency, so they were preyed upon even though they're of age. On the other hand, you're suggesting that young girls or boys, but uh, the, the, the point is the same, do have agency and that just love is love, as the leftists want to say. Is it? And all barriers must come down. For more on the topic, we're pleased to be joined again by Andy Berger. She is the co-founder of Beulah's Place in Redmond, Oregon. She's the author of A Fragile Thread of Hope, One Survivor's Quest to Rescue. And uh, she's the co-founder of Voices Against Trafficking. Andy Berger, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me back. I really appreciate that, Dan and Amy. So give us uh, your perspective on Cuties and what you would like to see or not see happen to the film. 
Well, personally, I would like to see that film uh, taken off any streaming and destroyed. But uh, in short of that, um, everything you said is correct. This is fodder for pedophiles, and it will also help fuel the child sex trafficking trade. Uh, we know that at least one in four victims are tra- uh, trafficking our children. And and honestly, if the director really wanted to make a statement, where is the proof? Where is uh, the prior statement saying, hey, I believe we need to make a statement about the sexualization of, of young children. There's no history of activism or of participation in the fight, you know, against exploitation. What I believe, my personal opinion, is it's a money grab. And, you know, Netflix wants influence and money. They certainly have high-end consultants who you would think would know better uh, than to put something like this out. I mean, these little girls, who are the parents that even allowed them to be in this movie, you know? And then you have, like, like, who who works for Netflix now? Oh, the Obamas. Barack and Michelle work for them. Meghan Markle now works for them. You know, as an advisor, and you know, I wouldn't align myself with a company that does that. But let's talk about, I mean, the Trump administration in July allocated $35 million to aid the victims of human trafficking. And then you have this show, which seems to cut against the grain of that kind of effort. It does. It's almost like a a slap in the face, like, you know, we don't really care. We're going to do what we want to do because it's going to make a lot of money. It's going to help us desensitize America through their televisions, you know, to the value and worth of a 10 or 11-year-old girl. Now, imagine with this movie out, the next time somebody goes to a public pool, you know, during the summer, and they see a little girl in a swimsuit, okay, uh, pre-development or maybe, you know, already developing. What do you think they're going to think after seeing this movie? And let's say, you know, uh, a mom and dad, for whatever reason, maybe they haven't heard the outcry, and they, they watch this movie, and they have... Uh, minor children in their house. Suddenly, the seed has been planted about what these kids can do if they're coached properly. But it's a grooming movie, in my perspective, especially as a survivor of sex trafficking. So I just think, uh, one, American people, you need to cancel your Netflix. Two, you need to paper them. You need to go ahead and blast them on social media. And hopefully uh, somebody may listen. I don't know. But uh, Voices Against Trafficking is is heavily involved in the fight to get this repealed or get this off American televisions and off Netflix. Uh, and and uh, I, I think I'm, I said he with respect to the director. The director is a, a French Senghalese, or the, the screenwriter is a French uh, Senghalese screenwriter, and uh, the yes. d- director of the film, too, it's a she. So just making that point. Uh, you, you said um, you think this will lead to more sex trafficking. Connect the dots for us. Why do you think that? Well, here's, here's one, one aspect. First of all, if a child does watch that movie, which we, we know that the audience is not specifically children, it is for the adult audience. It, in my opinion, it's soft kitty porn. Okay. So the, the, the part of it is um, those kids are going to look at that and say, oh, mommy, I'm going to dress like that. I want to be in a dance class like that. If they do watch it, if they're allowed to watch it, um, and if there aren't parental controls, it's very likely they will. And it's like, ooh, I want to do that because, you know, there's this 
little boy in class, you know, that I want to impress or whatever, or I want to dress like that. I want to dance like that. There is no possible reason on earth to show a 10 or 11 year old undulating on screen, you know, in a behavior that is not age appropriate. And the film also takes away the parental right to have an age appropriate conversation with their own children on sex and intimacy. She was uh, the director I referenced, screenwriter, director. She said this about uh, uh, how she interacted with the children. She, quote, created a climate of trust between the children and myself. Sounds like a groomer. She stated, (laughs) while while working on the film, I explained to them everything I was doing and the research I had done before I wrote the story. I was also lucky that these girls' parents were also activists, so we were all on the same side. At their age, they've seen this kind of dance. Any child with a telephone can find these images on social media these days. And uh, she said she also worked with a child psychologist during the filming, you know, for the interests of the of protecting the kids. How do you react to those statements? Well, that very statement you just made, she, she garnered their trust. Okay, so these little girls are thinking, hey, we're going to be in a movie. We're going to be popular. We're going to be famous, whatever. So they are trusting that she is doing the best for their interest when it really is self-interest. Nobody makes a movie like that because they care about children. They make a movie like that for sensationalism, to desensitize um, our values about children. Uh, they're used as chattel all the time, but also it's a money grab. They're going to make a lot of money. And as well, uh, just like Amy said, you know, the consultant, you know, former President Obama and his wife who have children, two, two, two you girls. know, Meghan Markle. Yeah. Yeah. And they should be the ones that are coming so, up and saying, you know, denouncing this this film, but sex sells Absolutely. and sex is always sold in this country and all around the world. That's, you know, the reality we live in and I don't know how to change it. It is. And, and now even with the California bill, you know, that, that lowers, you know, the, the bar for being called a sex predator on the heels of this movie. So it's a massive movement to take away the value and the respect for the human rights of a child who is a citizen, who is part of our community, who should be the future of America. So now, you know, if we just base it on this movie, our future will be the future prostitutes, the future victims of sex trafficking, the future of I need more because at 11 I've already done all these things, right? You know, so I need to have something more, you know, to stimulate me. Um, they're, they're prepubescent that most of us, 10 and 11 year olds are just getting out of playing with toys and dolls and, and whatever. And now suddenly they're thrusted into an adult activity that should be their choice when the time comes. And I, I think uh, you make a, a salient point too, when you uh, say that, just think of who's the audience, who's the audience here. The audience right. obviously is in kids. This isn't for families to watch together. The audience is for uh, pederasts, I guess. I don't know. The audience definitely is for those who have depraved nature, those who are curious, those who are interested, maybe those who thought about having sex with a child. Because a couple of years ago, the Rutherford Institute posted a published uh, a story in in America, Americans buy children for sexual activity 2.5 million times a year, and that was a couple of years ago. 
this is just going to escalate. And the predators are laughing. They're saying, woohoo, look at this. They're making it okay for us to go after this age group. Well, what, what about the uh, what I said at the outset, too, just this, this whole idea of trying to uh, mainstream pedophilia that, I mean, you've, you've had these, these ghastly organizations around for a long time, like NAMBLA. Um, you've had these op-eds that have been published in, in leftist outlets, like I mentioned, Salon.com. There there, there really is this effort afoot, and it seems like whether wittingly or unwittingly, this advances that effort to say love is love, and who are we to draw lines when and and stand in the way of love? Exactly. You're absolutely right. And to what end, okay, to what end are they approaching this audience that they know has, has a predilection to this kind of activity. They know that there will be people out there. This just creates a whole other situation, you know, for another Epstein. I mean, these little girls are going to grow up. They're going to have had this experience. They have the exposure. Uh, and for that whole population, they are now at risk. And we fight every day to protect kids from child exploitation, to protect them from being treated, you know, like for lack of a better phrase, piece, uh, pieces of meat, okay? And, 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 and now we... Yeah, and I'm yes. sorry to interrupt, but this is just incredible to me against the backdrop of the Jeffrey Epstein case, yeah. uh, Ghislaine Maxwell case, all of the appropriate and associated outrage over that sex trafficking ring, the Me Too movement, as I mentioned at the outset of our conversation. I mean, I, I don't know how people reconcile supporting a movie like this with their uh, moral panic over Epstein and and, uh, other sexual predators. Exactly. There really isn't a way to to reconcile that. But I think with Netflix, they can sneak into our televisions. They can sneak into the homes of of America, and no one will see. No one will know. They can, can, I mean, basically the predators are going to use this um, as their their right of passage saying, well, hey, it's okay. It's all over TV. America's going, you know, uh, the way Europe has gone. You know, it's not a big deal, you know, if kids have sex. What 10-year-old do you know actively seeks out a sexual relationship? What do they even know about that? They know nothing about that. She is Andy Berger. She's the co-founder of Beulah's Place in Redmond, Oregon. She's the author of A Fragile Thread of Hope, One Survivor's Quest to Rescue, and she's the co-founder of Voices Against Trafficking. Andy, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Can religious foster care and adoption agencies remain in their ministry while continuing to hold to their convictions? That's going to be decided in the case before the Supreme Court known as Fulton versus Philadelphia. And the implications for the future of religious liberty are massive. The city had told Catholic Social Services that unless they stopped discriminating on the basis of the entire LGBTQ array of issues, they could not continue to provide those services in the city. Essentially, the agencies were told they could remain Catholic or they could remain in the Ministry of Adoption and Foster Care. 
Obamacare, but they couldn't do both. The Supreme Court is revisiting its own precedent on the issue. That's the 1990 Smith decision, and it's going to be hard to overestimate how important this case is for the future of religious liberty. And to make the point clear, oral arguments are going to be held at the Supreme Court the day after the upcoming presidential election, as if the Supreme Court has told us, by the way, take note, judges matter, elections matter. I'm Albert Moeller. 